All right. I am so excited to have this episode of the podcast system with my sister, Christine Roundtree. Excuse me, Christine Virginia Virginia Roundtree. Get it right. So special. And I have to admit that this is now the second recording of our episode because someone, me, might have forgotten to change the settings on the laptop and thus only five minutes or ten minutes of the previous recording was saved. So yay! Let's do this again, shall we, Christine? Of course. Let's start it off. A little more enthusiasm. All right, here we go. Round two. She's so excited. (laughs) Yo, so part of what we're going to talk about today is growing up first-generation kids, you know, with immigrant. Is that really what the term that we're going with now? Immigrant still? Yeah, I think that's acceptable. I feel like somebody needs to make a better word than immigrant, you know, because it has such bad connotations after that dude has, like, tarnished it. That's true. I think, I don't know, something along the lines of magnifique citizens or magnifique transplants or too much? Too much. Okay. Just a little bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I get a little extra when my siblings are around me. So, suck passe, Christine. Ma boule. <laughs> I should have heard. No, it was ma boule. <laughs> oh, shoot. God. You couldn't have gone with one of the Creole phrases that I knew? That's, that's, that's a part of the suck passe, ma boule. Like, they just combine that. That's no. like, even in my poem that I have. No. I, like, I... You know, it's almost like the when growing up Catholic, and by growing up Catholic, I mean I had my communion and then it stopped there, where, you know, the old prayer was like, um, I don't know, uh, how did the, the prayer father. end? How did the prayer end, the Catholic prayer? Gosh, I'm shaming myself. I only went there until I was like 10. No, I did the same thing. I had the little, you know, Shirley Temple curls with my crown <laughs> with the flower, and then, you know, on to you. It ended with like... No. Okay, moving on. Moving on. So, yeah, uh, Maboulet, I I was unfamiliar with. I was going to say Kijonier. I didn't know about Kijonier. You don't know what Kijonier is? How you doing? No. It's also like... Ça va? Ça va bien? No, but... Okay, Christine and I are both French (laughs) transplants. I purposely took French in school because I couldn't speak Creole. And I thought, man, you know, if I at least learn French, I can be kind of cool. Um, My moment of clarity came... When I was a kid, and I think I was maybe seven years old, and my mom sent me to Haiti with my uncle, my two cousins, Liline and Bibiko, who now goes by Brunel, because some for some odd reason, he's embarrassed by the nickname that we gave him, Bibiko. I don't know why he would be embarrassed by that nickname of Bibiko. Don't you know many 45-year-old men who are called mm-hmm. Bibiko? No. Anyway, so went with my cousins. Long story short, we had to come back early. Uh, you know, I drank the tap water, blah, blah, blah. Diarrhea, things go messy. But one of the things that I remember most about that trip, other than the beautiful landscape and staying with our grandmother, was arriving to Port-au-Prince from Brooklyn, New York. And when you arrive in Port-au-Prince, like every airport, you know, there's a big welcome sign. And the sign said, Bienvenue, which is my mother's maiden and still, to this day, name. That's our family name, our Haitian family name. Mm-hmm. No one told me that bienvenue meant welcome growing up. And when you're a child and don't learn your mother's native tongue, you are left to trust those around you. So I had to trust my cousins who told me that, no, no, this is the sign they put up because we are royalty, in Haiti. And when they said we, they meant the two of them, not me. 
Okay, so imagine being seven years old and just feeling such self-hate for not being a proper bienvenue. And all I could think is, I'm just some stumpy, round tree. I can't this is rather unfortunate. <laughs> My feelings are really hurt. And now I have diarrhea and I just want to go home. So that was my experience going to Haiti as a kid. Christine, you, I don't think you, you never got to I go. I never got to go. I always got the, we'll go next year from mom. And, <laughs> and every year it's something different. Oh, the, the politics of, uh, you know, I mean, people, no people shade. are stealing kids. You know, right. No kids. shade. <laughs> I love Haiti. I can't wait to go back. It's definitely on my bucket list, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's been some stuff. Philip went to Haiti though. He did by himself. With, or with no, Bruce. he went with Bruce. He went with Bruce. He went with Bruce, and he stayed with our uncle Brunel mm-hmm. in the mountains or something. I yep. keep saying in the mountains, in the mountains of Haiti. Like all of all of Haiti is the mountains. Yeah, as, along with the Jean Jean. <laughs> so Christine and I are going to chit chat today. We're going to talk about what it was like growing up as first generation Haitians, Haitian Americans, and um, you know, part of what's interesting is that because my mother was Haitian and our father is American, we experience things a little differently than some of our cousins who were in two Haitian parent homes. Mm -hmm. One of the first and most apparent things is that we didn't learn Creole. Yep. And I think mom, you know, she made the conscious decision not to teach us Creole because she wanted us to be as American as American could be, even though she did a lot of things that are really not American. American. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. a little, like a lot. lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, a fair I'm, amount. <laughs> I'm thinking about it, and and you know, I think Christine and I will have very different stories because I'm 41, mm-hmm. recently turned 41, and I'm very proud of my 41. And what are you like? I'm 26, about to turn 27. Some youthful 26. They don't know anything. Uh. They don't know anything. <laughs> so anyway, so growing up when we were kids, like a birthday party was. You know, a fun-filled family occasion, but it's not the same as the American version of a kid's birthday party. So my birthdays, when they were celebrated, which wasn't that often, I'm also throwing that out there, feeling kind of sad about it still. But when they did happen, they weren't really kid-friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, they started around, I don't know, 10 p.m. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of really good food, but not what you would call kid. There are no chicken nuggets or French fries or chips. It was legit like griot, you know, <laughs> rice with Jean Jean. Uh, what else did they plantains? What else did we have? Oh, Heineken. You gotta have. <laughs> yeah, the mac and cheese. Mac- but it, was, it wasn't like a kid's mac and cheese. No, it wasn't. It was like shrimp in it. And yeah. it, was, it, it but it was really good. It was good food. It was really good food. But the party didn't kick off until like 10 p.m. And then parties would go until like 2, 3, two, in, the three in the morning. And the five kids that did get invited to the massive affair mm-hmm. were all like passed out asleep in random bedrooms in their church clothes. Yep. Because that's what you got to wear. <laughs> You're like, cousin's it's birthday party. Right? Like you'd have those socks with the little frills. Oh, gosh. I hate You remember those, those in the white shoes? They would always... The platen leather white shoes. Tickle my ankles. Oh, that sounds so sweet, though. They tickle my ankles. No, it was just annoying. Like a little anklet that was too tickling? What? I'm sorry. <laughs> Where are you going? She gave me this look of like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so anyway, so that's one of the things that growing up Haitian, and maybe it's just, I hope it's not just our family. I don't know. I don't, you know, it's what's interesting is that I think about 
when I had my birthday parties, you know, mine was around July 4th. Yeah, you, okay, her birthday is July 5th. Right. So basically, <laughs> you, were the, you were the tag-along birthday celebration. And, you know, thinking back on it now is I'm looking at the fact that the barbecues that we had, I thought they were for me. But instead, they had the barbecues to celebrate the Independence Day and everybody, like, you know, just being around family. And then they just brought out a cake at the end of the day. With your name on it. With my name on Which it. Which was fancy. You got a cake. Anyways, yeah, but not... this was like maybe three times this happened. Every other time I had my carrot cake in the basement. You said my carrot cake. <laughs> Why do you make it sound like some troll? Like I had my carrot cake. Because nobody likes house. carrot cake. I, I love, love carrot cake. Our family likes carrot cake. Because mom, we went out. Like, mom mom like <laughs> You're right. Oh my god. I was like, wait a minute. I nobody love carrot else cake like, and everybody. Cake. I've told my friends like growing up. I was like, hey, you know, I like to eat some carrot cake. Like that's the cake I like to eat for my birthday. And they're like, carrot that's cake. Weird. Who eats that? That's like some old person Yo, you're kind right. of cake. Nobody eats carrot cake. Who likes vegetables in their cake? Me, baby. That's what I'm Me. talking about. You know what? Thank you, Mom, <laughs> for turning us into old souls before our time and enjoying a good old-fashioned carrot cake as a kid. Because, But you're right. I never realized that until you just said it. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. <laughs> so, okay. So part of growing up in a Haitian family where you don't actually speak Creole can be a little tricky. So Christine, you know, as mentioned, <clears throat> is a touch younger than I am, even though we look the same. I'm 14 years a touch we're 14 years apart, but, like, I mean, we look two years apart. That's okay. That's your wrinkles, yep. saying. What am I going to Yo, don't make me turn this mic off and, and have a moment. And I'm a, kidding. No, but here's the sad part, is I can threaten you, but I will retract it mm-hmm. really quickly, because the last time we had a family, the Bienvenue family, family reunion, reunion. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can take her. You know, she's just a just a little more muscular than I am, just a touch. She yes. got a little more rump in the bump. Is it rump in the bump, bump in the rump? None of that. No, none of that? She, her ass is bigger than mine, okay? She's a track star, and I was not. You took me out like some Mortal Kombat death move, and um, I don't think I've challenged you since. Nope. And it's been three years. And I, I consider myself to be a strong individual, but mm-hmm. I will never, ever, ever <laughs> fight me. physically fight Mm-mm. you again. No, and I think that's the competitive side to us, right? You know, always. You know, when you when you're growing up as the baby, you gotta find one way to get out on top. And when okay, you have you parents, when you have parents who are like perfectionists, exactly. Especially when you have an immigrant parent. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, immigrant parents are no freaking joke. And I know, like, like please don't take offense to this. All right, if you don't have an immigrant parent, and it is what it is. What, what can I say? All right, but having a parent who immigrated to the U.S. from another country, they come on a different level. Mm-hmm. They come on a level of they don't accept mediocrity. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. there's no such thing as like, well, I just don't want to do it. Mm-mm. I can't do it. I still remember, you know, both mom and dad setting the bar hella high. And I feel like dad is a, mm. you know, he's ingrained into the immigrant status, mm-hmm. even though he's from the South and like multiple generations born here mm-hmm. dad is kind of an immigrant i don't know maybe it's because he also likes the caribbean women that's true that's like he really likes the caribbean that's women. all he's 
dated all, that I've known. All that all he's procreated with, yeah, at least. That's true. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to put it, right? Right, because mom's from Haiti. Mm-hmm. Um Florette is from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And Tr- no, guy, Guyana. Guyana. Yeah, Guyana. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, if there's another sibling out there that we're not privy to just yet, I would imagine that they're also from the islands. <laughs> you know, dad likes him uh, <laughs> feisty. <laughs> he sure likes the feisty women. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sidetrack, sidetrack. Um, so, yeah, so basically we had two immigrant parents. Yeah. You know, because dad was indoctrinated into the the system of of perfection strict household like we really had a strict upbringing and it's funny because the other day i was on some web chat with uh, other moms who were talking about well my daughter won't you know help out with her siblings and she doesn't do chores and this that and the other and she was i don't know 12 or 13 Mm -mm. and i thought to myself what do you mean she what, what do you mean she doesn't what choice does she have? Is right. she breathing the air in the room? Is she eating the food on the table? Do you, this? Does she have free Wi-Fi and a phone? And she pay for anything? Right. And even if you did, you still were under their house. We were under our parents' roof, roof mm-hmm. which is why I was the third parent. Yeah. Growing up in the house, legitimately the third unpaid, you know, no benefits having <laughs> parent in the house. But um. So that's one of the things growing up with immigrant parents that you get. The biggest disappointment, I think, for me right off the bat is that mom didn't teach us Creole. Mm-hmm. You know, which I still suffer the emotional distraughtness from. Is that even distraughtness? <laughs> we can make up words now. Yeah, we can make up words. But. What was it like for you? Because I'll tell, I'll, I'll share some of my sad, sad tales of not knowing Creole growing up. But I mean, honestly, I did have friends and cousins. Well, not many, many of my cousins until now, more recently would say, oh, you don't speak Creole. Or my boss actually would say, you don't speak Creole and you're not Haitian. Um, So I had that growing up, but I didn't have anything like where you said in your first story about going to Haiti and then being tricked into thinking that no. the avenue, even though it's spelled with the E. Yeah. But you know, that was the gullibleness. That is true. Okay. And for the record, I am full Haitian, especially <clears throat> when it comes to my appetite. Mm. Um, I will eat all the griot, the sauce pois, the, I mean, Jean Jean, plantains. Mm. Soup jumu. But you never had it made when mom made it. I never had mom because we would always go to Uncle Burnell's house to have it. Mm. And okay, I'm I'm gonna be shamed for this. I don't like soup jumu too much. Mm. And this is the national disgrace. Yeah. No, is it that is it's the national dish. It's the it's the you can't start the new year off without a bowl of soup jamu. So you can imagine the bad luck that I've suffered in my life because I refuse to eat this godforsaken soup. You know, I wish, like, maybe the griot was the national (laughs) dish, fried pork. And let me describe this pork to you because it's absolutely incredible. It's like short uh, shoulder, pork Pork shoulder, shoulder. Mm -hmm. that you marinate in all sorts of wonderful seasonings, a little bit of orange juice and spices and habaneros, and then you slow cook it until it's nice and tender. I mean, are you with me? Can you Mm. feel it? Can you taste it? And then once it's out and tender and almost you can pull it apart, then 
you do this really fancy thing and you deep fry the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all like our food deep fried. We sure do. We're a healthy bunch. And then you deep fry it and then the outside is crispy and then the inside is tender. <sighs> it is good. It is good. I mean, and, but then there's soup jumu, which is like a squash. You just got to give the respect to the ancestry of soup jumu. Here's the thing. If I'm in a house for New Year's, a Haitian household, I will eat it. Okay. I will absolutely, I will down the whole bowl. I will have words in my head that I won't say out loud because that's just not nice. I think regardless, downing the whole bowl is out of uh, respect. <laughs> Shoot, you can't, you, you can't oh. leave a household. Here is another thing that you cannot do in a Haitian household, which I assume to be the case for many immigrant foreign families. You can't come into somebody's house, have them offer you food, mm-hmm. and then be like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I've eaten. It's like, what did you eat? That 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 street food. Mm-hmm. So you better make room in thy belly mm-hmm. for what's to come. So anyway, so what's what's your favorite Haitian cuisine, Christine? I think you know. I honestly do like the the griot with the Jean Jean. I mean, like, who doesn't? That's that's honestly the a best. vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> even then, even then, they're like, like you can't be a vegetarian. No, be Haitian. I guess that's can. that's the thing, though. Like, um, I think we grew up not having many ha- Haitian foods because when I speak with my boss, she's like, "Have you ever eaten this or know about this?" And I'm like, "I know nothing of what you speak of." You know what it is? But like Haitian breakfast. What Haitian breakfast can you come up with? Uh, bread and coffee. Really? I was in Haiti. That's what that we- was like the colonized food. <laughs> French eat it that. It was very French. <laughs> exactly. French colonizers. Okay, plantains. Sweet plantains for breakfast. Yeah. That's it? No, you don't just eat sweet plantains. So that's the thing. That's where, where we are lacking. Like, you even though this, our, our mm-hmm. stomachs are, you know, craving and are speaking Creole, essentially, mm-hmm. and are from Haitian descent, it's just... it's. So you're telling me that I am not really schooled in my Haitian culture? I think we're both. we both aren't. Okay, I'll take it if you say we're both. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but we're better than our brothers. We are. We definitely are. I mean... Jacob. Jacob. Philip, I feel like, you know... He, Phil, he, Philip's had enough girlfriends yeah. who are Haitian where That's I feel true. like he's learned a lot. He he, he earned his badges. And he earns a lot of girlfriends. But um, <laughs> what? <laughs> this is the truth room. We speak the truth. Good luck to the one now. Yo. Oh, wow. I can't believe you said that out loud. But it's true. Um, No, so I grew up, as a kid, I grew up in Brooklyn Mm -hmm. in a house that our grandfather, our mom's father, bought. Mm -hmm. So he bought this house that was like a multifamily house in Brooklyn. And for the first probably 10 or 12 years of my, 10-ish years of my life, we lived there. This is before your time, young one. Mm. So we lived there. And I was in the first apartment with mom, dad, Philip, and Jacob. And then the next apartment was our cousins, who I mentioned before, Bibi Cool, and Liline, and their mom, and their dad. And remind me to tell you the story about what their mom said to me at Liline's wedding, because uh, oh, I'm still, yes. you know, healing. I'm still healing. Um, so we lived in the apartment with them, and then Liline and Bibi Cool's maternal cousins lived upstairs, and then in the basement apartment was Matatan. And so we had this wonderful, you know, all these cousins and family and everybody was Haitian and it was beautiful and we lived in Brooklyn and, you know, in Matatan, like I would always have to go down to the basement, which I hated because it was kind of creepy. But like I was in charge of bringing her food and like visiting and dropping stuff off to her. 
And I'm kidding. I'm not kidding you, Christine. It wasn't until I went to France to study abroad that I realized that her full name was not Matadon. <laughs> okay. So this is what happens when you don't teach your children your native language. I thought her name was Matadon. I come to realize that it's my aunt Anne. And I don't think I told anyone that for years because I was so mortified by the realization of <laughs> knowing my home language, so to speak, so little yep. that I, I couldn't even name our aunt properly. Anyway, did you, I don't think you experienced much of that. I though. didn't, I, you know, and as you, you say about like your cousins, like our cousins, oh, I should say, our cousins uh, played me you know, <laughs> belittling us in, our, in their yeah. language. I just, I never experienced that because my cousins during the time... There are cousins still. I mean, I hung out them. The younger ones. The younger ones because I was the baby. Um, yeah. They never pulled any of these pranks or tricks or you runneth and tell this to... <laughs> you know, okay, but here's the thing is I'm also starting to realize that you and I are very different people, although we look the same and have similar sounding voices. You handle things differently than I do. Mm. And so I've somehow taken on the role of cousin that you can mess with. Mess with. And and there's no retaliation. Yeah. It's just more of like, you, you more... just held on to it like, damn. Oh. Like there was a lot of like, guys, that wasn't really that? nice. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, everything is glasses on. Right. Like I had the, the Oh my God. You remember I had the biggest overbite because I used to suck my thumb. I did not know this. Oh, you didn't know? I got to show you a picture. This is what happens when you have kids that are 14 years apart, people. Okay. Like clump your kids, clump your kids <laughs> so that they can't pretend like they don't know what happened it's years ago. Time. <laughs> no. So I had the, I had a massive overbite. You know, because I was compensating, obviously, for not knowing Creole. And so I would suck my thumb and quiet. Right. You know, soothe my inner inner Haitian. You know, like I was like, I just I don't feel whole. So I just suck my thumb. And then the the teeth problem came about. And I I was really like a target Mm -hmm. from friends and and my cousins. I feel like I'm purging a lot. I'm sorry. (laughs) So my cousins used to do all sorts of things and they would tell me to say things to my uncle, you know, like, you know, and I would go back and say all these things that apparently were insults and that did not end well. And, um, you think I would learn from that? It took me a little while, but finally I realized I just need to start listening to everything they say and learn Creole from that. Mm. So when it comes to it, I actually can understand quite a bit. I just can't repeat it, Yeah. which which has its own difficulties, like right. in ordering food. I'll say more. Haitian restaurants. <clears throat> <sighs> I have to take a deep breath for this because it's really, it's... It's it's uh it hits a it hits a nerve. And I don't know if it's the same. No, for you. because I didn't. You know, I never had to deal with ordering and feeling uncomfortable. I think that was the thing. Is like I never went through those stages where my cousins, <laughs> Go ahead, you yeah. know, made fun of me mm-hmm. um, or pulled tricks on me. So, so you're saying this? Is I a was just thing. yeah. This was a solo you thing. Wow. Enjoyed your adventures, and I guess I learned maybe telepathically. I was told this from you. <laughs> So I would, so I would go into the the restaurants and I just order like, hey, yeah, can I get this in English? Um, never hesitating, and you know, you oftentimes didn't have any problems, I didn't have any problems. They never like said, you don't get this, or it was like the opposite for me, and I felt like people could sense 
it's my weakness at the time. Mm. Like I would go into a restaurant and I would pretend and like lead with like, bonjour, you know, and I would do this thing where I'd like really exaggerate the accent a little bit and I'd like mm. kick my French into gear. And I was like, okay, I know how to speak French. Like, I can do this, I can do this. <laughs> And I would go and be like, okay, uh, okay, Cleo. And here's the problem. Mm. Like, sometimes I would want fish, but I was like, shit, I don't want to say that dish. Uh. So I would just be like, eh, pork it is. So I, <laughs> so I, would, I would go. That's so sad. <laughs> oh, the level of stuff that I would just be like, eh, what are you going to do? So I would go in and be like, okay, Cleo, uh, rice with Jean-Jean, pickles. Jean, uh, and then they would start talking back to me in Creole, like, really fast. And then I would, like, try to process everything that they were saying. And then they would ask me a question. You know, and the worst is when they'd say something numerically. And I'm like, mm. oh, my God. You know, French numbers are like, like, oh, my God. That's, that's like, five numbers. And you lost me. And shit. And then, you know, like, I'd, like, throw a credit card on the table and yep. just hope that that would be enough. And then they'd ask me something. And then I'd be like, je suis désolé, ne parle pas créole. And then that would be it. And then that would be it. And all of a sudden, they're like, we don't have grill. Oh, no. that work. Like, literally, the restaurant would be like, they, they're like, we have salad. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and if you know anything about Haitian salads, like, seriously, there's nothing to write home about. Nothing at all. It's like iceberg lettuce and a slice of tomato. And I think the dressing was honestly the, like the French, French dressing. dressing. Yes! Oh, yo! At least then we... So, yes, it was, like, the basic, like, wishbone French right. dressing. Mm -hmm. So I got played a lot for not knowing Creole. And then it didn't help that I moved to Washington Heights years later, and everyone thought that I was Dominican. Mm -hmm. And then I'd go into stores, and it was, like, you know, PTSD. <laughs> All you over again nothing. with another <laughs> language. language. And they speak to me in Spanish. I'm like, no hablo espanol. And they're like, mm, you think mm. you're better than us? And I'm right. like, no, I just, I'm from Haiti, but no, I'm not. But I don't speak anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I felt I got that same kind of, um, you know, assumption. Like, oh, you must speak Spanish. And well, like, you look like me. So, yes. I, I'm just saying. No, no. But I never took it to heart. That's why we're different. That, that is why we're different. Because I swear, like, I'm pretty sure... And I think I think because I was I was coddled <laughs> by mom, you know, like she she came into the stores with me. Dad usually came into the stores with me. So when it was ordering time, I just saw them order as they they did. Dad ordered in English sometimes, you know, didn't mm -hmm. mean to say much. And they already had the order placed. And then mom, you know, she did it in Creole. And I was like, well, I'll just do what I need to do. I'm not saying that, you know, my level of hate just increased a little bit <laughs> and bitterness, but... Maybe it did. Okay, I'm going to ask you another question. Go for it. So, I don't know if this is a Haitian thing or just, like, mom. But growing up, mom would always do my hair, right? Oh. Mm -hmm. Like, she did my hair forever. She and did I didn't fight it because mm -hmm. I was like, eh, I'm the... She, I'm her daughter. Right. It makes her happy. We've got mm -hmm. two other boys. And, you know, my aunt had three boys. So it was like a flock of boys running around. But then there came a point where I was, like, in middle school... And I'm walking around with two long pippy stocking, pippy long, long stocking, stocking pigtails. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing everybody else with like these cool styles and like salt and pepper haircuts and the Iverson. Yeah. And I'm like, what's the Iverson? Oh, Lord. Okay. We'll come back to that. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll return to that because I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, yeah. But like legitimately, I'm walking around with pigtails. I'm like 13, 14 years old. And I realized that that went out of style. She's sitting here going on on Google right now, looking up Iverson hairstyle to school me and show me. Yeah. Oh, shoot. 
That's a lot. Mm-hmm. People were wearing that? Yes. Okay, so if you don't know what the Iverson hairstyle is, take a break and go check that out and then come back. Yep. Because that was informative for me. Um, so imagine being like in middle school where you're at the crux of coolness. Mm-hmm. Or lack thereof. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was <laughs> lack thereof. And I didn't realize that you could go off and be independent and, I don't know, do your own hair. So I'm pretty sure I had damn near graduated with pigtails in eighth grade. Oh gosh. And that is also something that I should probably bring to a therapist at some point in my life. I think once, you know, fourth grade came and went, that was that was it. For you? For me, yeah. Because I started doing my own hair. Because, you know, mom didn't have enough time to keep doing it over and over again. That is true. There was one time that one of my pictures, you could tell that I did the braiding. Because dad did, braided my hair. It was for the... Dad braided your hair? Dad braided my hair one time. Wow. And it was because mom, I think she forgot that I had picture, picture day? day the next day. And so I woke up and I was like... I have picture day. You're like, I got to fix this. I got to fix this. And so dad tries to braid it. And I said, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and and if you don't know what we look like, it's basically a body and then like a massive amount of hair. hair. Like literally, it's just like a, you know, heaven forbid you see us on a humid day. Oh, gosh. It's oof. just, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. So that's also partly why. Your I hair is touching it. me right now and we're sitting. I know. Where we are. I mean, and this is like a lot less than what I used to have when I was younger. Right. When it was like same, full, same. Why did your hair fall out? Stress. You. What the? <laughs> Moving on. Freaking on. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know if that's a Haitian thing or if it's just mom being somewhat mom thing. But I also think that you were just far more independent as the younger sibling than I mm-hmm. was. Like you were out at all hours. And mom and dad used to call me. They're like, do, do you know what else she is? I mean, there was this one time, and I think... <laughs> Yo. Well, when I was out till 2 a.m. and dad had called you. You're the reason why my phone is perpetually on do not disturb mode <laughs> after 8 p.m. And I'm, this is not even a joke. This is like the realest thing ever. We lived in Washington Heights back when I was the fake Dominican. And... <laughs> Christine, you were in high school, right? I was in high school. So Christine would just, you know, she was living her life, living her best life. And she was out on the streets with her friends, going to movies. But because I was still the older sibling, I was responsible for you, even even though you lived at home. But see, y'all got to understand that. Y'all got to understand what? My high school was in Manhattan. So Mm -hmm. it was an hour and a half Mm -hmm. trip by train. Yeah. To get there. I know. So when I hung out with people and friends. You wanted to maximize. They also lived in Manhattan and the Bronx. So that's, no one's coming out to Queens. Nothing's in Queens. Nobody ever comes to Queens. That's what I'm saying. So when I had to hang out with people. Dude, I was in I prep. Had, doesn't matter. You, you, what you, I was in prep and I was still having to make it back for curfew. The one time that I missed curfew, you know, it <laughs> I had to run back down the alleyway and climb over the garage to get in because <laughs> I didn't have my key and none of y'all woke up to open the door for me, but like whatever. And then I was sitting on the front steps when dad came home at like three in the morning and he's like, what are you doing? See, but I never had like a birthday party that, you know, I think we both experienced that not having a, a proper birthday party mm-hmm. at the house or anything like that. I think Philip ruined that one for me. Yo, Philip ruined. He ruined a lot. (laughs) He did. He did. But like, I wasn't able to experience that. And so there was this one time I really wanted to go party. You did. And I did. And And you got the brunt of it. And I got woken up in the middle of the night for it. And you, you know, when I was thinking about when I was heading back home, it was literally two or 3 a.m. in the morning. My phone was off Mm -hmm. and I had to use one of my friend's 
at the time they were an acquaintance. I didn't even yeah. know them. Um, so who is it you were chilling with? These those are like my so- softball friends, mm-hmm. whatever. And so um, I'm back on the train with them, and I end up in Dad's car, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's gonna kill me, girl. I was so mad. No, I was mad. You know why I was mad? <laughs> I'm gonna tell. Listen, I'm gonna say it. I'm not embarrassed about it. I was mad because I was jealous because our father called me at 1 a.m. almost in tears. Like, oh, my God, I don't know where she is. And my gut instinct was like, when she gets home, you better tell her that this is nonsense. She's got to get her life right. And dad goes, I just want my baby home. There you go. (laughs) And in that moment, I was like, I don't know you. I don't know you, father. Because I do recall him being the type to to yell. Y- yell. Yeah. Christine, listen, let me tell you Yo, a story. The speeches. The speeches from dad. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story, young one. <laughs> the day that I thought I would never continue to live. So remember, like I said, mom and dad, immig- maybe it's an immigrant thing or maybe it's just mom and dad thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just BSing now. <laughs> so... They made me take y'all everywhere I went. So as a middle schooler, elementary school, if I wanted to go hang out with friends, they were like, well, take your siblings with you. (laughs) And I'm like, but I wanted to go hang out with Kiki. And they're like, take them with you. So I always had an entourage of people everywhere I went. You can imagine how well that did for friendships. (laughs) So one day I was like, we had just moved to Queens. This is before Christine is born. So Philip is maybe seven. Jacob is maybe three. You know, he doesn't say much, which was a blessing at the time. Very different now. And so we're walking to Walgreens and I'm already annoyed that they're with me. So I'm like, okay, you guys hang out in the toy aisle and I'm going to go do my thing. And when I'm done, I'll come get you and we'll all walk home. So long story short, I go back to the toy aisle. I'm I'm lying. It's not going to be a shorten that much. So I go back to the toy aisle. I was like, there's some details in here. I know. I was like, there's too much in here to just like make it short. So I go back to the toy aisle. They're not there. So I, you know, do my little tween panic. And I'm like, oh shit. Like they must be in the chips. So I go there. They're not there. I go to the front desk area, like the register. And I say, hey, have you seen like two little kids? Little black boys. They're cute. One's a little cuter than the other. You know, I didn't like Jacob back then. <laughs> anyway, so they say no. They do an announcement. No children. I go next door to, like, the Domino's pizza that's there because this is, you know, Queens and everything was super high-end and classy. And they're not in there. So then there's a moment of choice, right? What am I going to do? Am I going home minus two siblings or do I leave my parents with none and have them start fresh? Literally what I was thinking. So it's the, you know, walk of shame looks really good in comparison to the walk that I did home. (laughs) And I get to the street and I look up the street and I see dad and I'm just like, this is it. You know, like you you can either run now and catch the Q83 and, and, you know, take the train to the last stop and start life over or uh, take the punishment of losing two human beings that were birthed by my mother. (laughs) So I I go with the consequences of confronting dad and one foot in front of me, I get to him and he's like, what the hell is wrong with you? And he starts yelling and I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I lost Philip and Jacob. And he's like, you didn't lose them, you idiot. They're in the house. They walk back. They said you left them. And I'm like, what? So you can imagine when I hear, you know, like I almost lost my life that day. And then I hear dad say to Christine, like, I just want my baby home. Yep. Two very different parents. 
Yeah. 14 years will do a hell of a thing (laughs) to an individual. Okay. So you got Happy Dad, who also dragged us to your games. (laughs) Well, I mean, it sounds like y'all exhausted him. Like, what? Okay, I mean, that's that's exactly what happened. By y'all, though. you mean Philip and Jacob. You, I was, I well. was. You weren't innocent. You lost children. I don't know how you did that. The children left me. You shouldn't have left them. I think all would say you shouldn't have left the toy out. You know what? On this day a year ago, we were all celebrating Christine. Congratulations on graduating from UVM. Yeah, we were all there for you. Yeah, yeah. Who organized that? Your loving sister. I've been to every of your graduations. I don't think you were born for one. I don't know. Well, every one that I could be. Because you, you had no choice. I'm sure. I mean, you weren't smiling in every picture. I wasn't the only one not smiling in every picture. But, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but you were completely right with the, the parents. You know, they, they changed up over time. They did. They did. Okay, so what to swing it back to, yes, yes, you know, first generation. I think I honestly... And I I don't have anything to compare it to, right? But I honestly think it was, like, the best gift ever. Like, I just love that we have a whole nother worldly culture Mm -hmm. to call our own that we get to experience and talk about. I mean, I really wish I could speak Creole. (laughs) Like, a lot. Get shat on. (laughs) Yeah, man. God, could you imagine... The smack talking we could do yeah. together if if we could do that. And and to my cousins out there who purposefully start speaking in Creole when we're on the phone and then do, oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> you know what you're doing. That's on purpose. Y'all know what y'all doing. That's on purpose. See, yeah, we, we do get the best of both worlds and the worst of both worlds. Yeah. You know, because if we think about, you know, just being black in America, fades. <laughs> I mean, that's... Yo! Yo, we don't okay, know how this, to play space. Is this a Haitian thing, or is this like a somebody just didn't care enough to teach us thing? I feel like it's a combo, but I feel like there are certain... I think Bruce knows how to play spades. And Philip for those who don't to... know, listen, spades is sort of like the... Um, what's a good American card yeah. game? I was like, Uno. Is that no, best? but even Uno, we, we've, Uno. Like, mm-hmm. we've created our own version of Uno. I declare war? I don't know. What's... Uh, goldfish? Gold, go fish. <laughs> go fish. That sounds like a solid, you know, American, American born game. Youthful <laughs> game. Old man. Black America, it's spades. All right. And if you can't play spades after a certain age, you are cut from the community of game playing. Yeah. And people will legit say, I'm not going to teach you. Yep. And you can't play with us. Yep. So learn on your own. Learn, right. And it, it, it just to, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. You know, there's a whole it's a whole thing. It's like a it's like a theatrical performance of playing spades, like yep. dominoes. Yep. You know, if you don't know how to slam the domino on the table, what is your cool. purpose in life? <laughs> yeah. Which is also something that I should probably practice. I haven't played dominoes in quite some time. See, I, I got one up on you on that one. So you have a lot of one ups on me, Christine. Like you know how to do hair. I don't. Yeah. Somewhat. Somewhat. I'm getting there. You, you've you surpassed me. <laughs> okay, we're sitting here, and Christine was looking at me like, oh, is your hair really like that? And I'm like, can you just do my hair after we're done? <laughs> just do my hair. Do my hair. All right, so what other things do you think you wish people would know about growing up as a first generation? 
I feel like you're second generation though. I feel like, I, you know, I felt that way too. You know, when they when you go through college applications and they're like, "Are you first gen student?" and I was like, "You're kind of kind of second because I felt like I was like Lovey and Jacob already went through it all because we're old." Yeah. Most. And I, I mean, I, I felt like y'all were the ones who were telling me what I needed to do. I mean, I'm pretty sure we actually did your application for you. No, not all of it. Most of it. Some of it. Most of it. Okay. It doesn't matter. Anymore. Anyways, I they're got not going to revoke it. They're exactly. not going to revoke it. You finished. Whatever. On your own, with help <laughs> from your siblings, <laughs> me. Oh. Uh, well, you know something else that uh, people should know. What's that? What? Oh, God. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Can you at least give me like a multiple eye wink so that I know what's coming? Oh, jeez. No, nothing, nothing, nothing major. Mm, what is it? I actually don't know. I, I, I feel like, you know, you, you grow up in this household and I feel like you've experienced a lot more than I did. I sure did. And I got the, you got the, the golden g- ticket. You got the good stuff. I did. I got the hand-me-downs. How about that? The hand-me-ups. <laughs> okay. No, now is the hand-me-ups. We're not going to... This is a separate episode that Christine and I will have privately off air. (laughs) But yes, I do think that, you know, and it's a combination of just our parents got tired. Mm -hmm. They were tired. You know, they had a whole flock of us. Like, there's six of us total from dad that we know of, like I said. Mm -hmm. If there are others, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, You know, mom worked her tail off all the time. All the time. She was working nights nights and, you know, you couldn't walk around the house without waking her up. Oh, my gosh. So, by the time they got to you, yeah, I mean, shit, they were probably tired just, like, in the process of having you. You know what I mean? Like, and the oop. (laughs) Yeah. And the oop. Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. No, I'm not. Anyway, so, yeah, you got a very different experience than I did. And in some ways, you're schooled more in the modern day yeah i felt like i got the best of both worlds though you did i did i'm I glad that you're finally owning up to it <laughs> I've, o- I've owned up to it for a while but i don't know about that a while meaning like two years like six months anyways yeah we're not going to talk about what happened last year at your graduation when you rolled up <laughs> to the house and you were yelling oh she just gave me the shh, shh. oh no i was thinking i was right like, when we, we rented the house and then you couldn't figure out where the house was and then you lost it Anyways. on me. This is not respecting your elders, Christine. I am your elder. Show me some love. I can't. Show me some love. I can't with you. <laughs> Why do people say that? I can't with you. It seems like a constant phrase in my life. It's just, you can't with somebody anymore. You don't, you don't, you don't want to waste time. No, I'm saying energy. it's people saying it. Oh, oh I, I thought you God, were that old. God, I'm not that old. I thought you were that old. Jesus. Why are we recording a second time? Hmm? Oh. Wow. You know what? <laughs> So on that note, as a first-generation Haitian-American with ratchety little young siblings named Christine. Christine, I thank you for joining me on the podcast system. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I Smiles. hope you do. I do, I do. And it's actually still recording. Yay! Don't forget to listen to some compa. Compa. Mm. Compai? Compa. What? Compa is dancing the... Oh, gosh. Stop looking at me like that. That's, that's one thing. It's, you know, when you listen to your mom and you understand like when she teaches you dances the compa dances oh i didn't realize they they had, i didn't realize they, they had a have title. a name they I do have a name know they yeah name. so there, there's another one up okay um, thanks. thanks but yeah okay anyway so i'm gonna close <laughs> out hopefully with a poem that you'll appreciate about first generation children um and the first 
and a half generation children. That's what I'll call it. You're like you're like 1.5 generation <laughs> child. Um, it's been great having my sister on the call today. I hope to be brought back again. We'll see. Soon. We'll see how your your episode does. Anyway, thank you guys so much. And let me close out with this. Yeah. And have a blessed one, y'all. Oh, one other thing before I forget. If you speak another language and if you plan on procreating or adopting or, mm. you know, teaching young people, teach them your language, please. Mm -hmm. They'll learn English wherever they go. Okay? So teach them what you know and share your wealth of knowledge and the wealth of the world and everything wonderful in it because there's more to the world than the immediate 50 continental or 48 continental states. Oh, wow. Don't, don't roll your eyes. Much love. The children of immigrants are strange, man. There are things they do and things they don't. They claim to have alter egos and superpowers. They do. Just not the ones they think they do. Like love. Like family. No shame in that. Don't be a hater. They claim the courage to have religion, but not of the Lord. Talking instead of devils and jinns and behoot in hushed tones. They are possessed. They write in spidery script with ideas that run along meridians of ochre and sandalwood. They, finding themselves lost in dreams, within dreams of loss, of fucking strange people in strange fucking places. They are compromised with promises of common dreams. They know inspiration, though. It helps them sleep, dream, become God, and when godhood comes, they come too, sprouting cities where once stood mountains of seed. They become a beautiful child, but still cry huge, ugly tears of the old, like the grills on Tupac's teeth. They lick the moisture of carabdis. They have sleep paralysis, psoriasis, Lyme disease, and acid reflux. And COVID-19 now, because it isn't 1999 anymore. Now they have 99 names, and names have power. They dream of mermaids in damp, moist, wet dreams. The Sargasso Sea if you know what I mean. They denunciate Father, bash Jesus, burn Bible, heave on God, because they have made the middle passage up the middle finger of the Finger Lakes, I mean. They know that to see you is to know you, if you are being honest with yourself. But mostly you are not, because you do not see. They must still be bought and sold on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. They are colonized on Abbey. Yeah, she owns them. But your soul is more precious than diamonds, man. And Jesus and Lucifer and Ram Dass know it, man. Only one can have it. You goddamn child of an immigrant. <laughs> Thank you to our host, Clover Media Group, Kev from BK for our visual arts, 
and the fire intro song Filthy by TVP Records. Podcast system.